Hello and welcome to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph Fuller and for this episode I paid a visit to Steph Sibich, who is an Adelaide-based independent curator. In 2019, Steph was the inaugural winner of the City of Onkaparinga Contemporary Curator Award. As a result, she curated an exhibition at Sour Beer House in the city of Onkaparinga and managed to not only navigate the challenges of curating a show during a pandemic, but also thematically acknowledged and responded to the widespread sensitivities that came with it. This interview was recorded in Steph's home and we both want to acknowledge the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of that land and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. As we talk about the role of the curator in telling stories and fostering connection, I invite you to keep in mind the culture and connection to country that has been present on these lands for many thousands of years. This is a bit of a funny one because Steph and I are good friends in real life and we're sitting here <laughs> trying to figure out how to start and it just feels very funny. <laughs> she also just told me she used to work in radio so now I can't no. stop thinking about that. Um, we are sitting at the dinner table yeah. with our little setup. There's a lot of art in this house as you would expect from a curator. <laughs> I won't go listing at all but... um. Yeah, just to set the scene. Um, Steph, thanks for chatting with me now that I've made this very funny. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me. This is, this is I'm excited. This is going to be good. <laughs> oh, good. It is going to be good. Um, I'm interviewing you in your capacity as a curator, though you do wear many hats. Can you tell us what does a curator do? Ah, uh, it's a loaded question, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> um, oh, you know, I think um, well, curators do lots of things. That's a that's a probably a very simple answer. But I think ultimately, a, a curator, it kind of comes back to the the original word um, curare, if I'm saying that correctly, which basically means to take care of. So curators originally, I think like in the 18th century, they were in charge of looking after a museum's collection. And so I think whilst the role of the curator has expanded and evolved in, in lots of ways since that time, um, I think most most curators would probably agree that the role comes back to that idea of of looking after or facilitating. Um, and so I think particularly for a contemporary curator and um, acknowledging that there are institutional curators, there are independent curators, there are organisation-based curators, there's lots of ways that you can be a curator. But I think curators who work with artists in a contemporary context, I think they largely help facilitate an artist or an artist practice into into a project that has meaning or is able to sort of convey ideas to an audience and to help facilitate that audience engage with art so I think of I'm, I'm not sure if a conduit is the right word but sort of that middle kind of person so I talking with other curators 
I think another way of thinking about it is that I, the role of the curator is largely about helping us make sense of things. And I think if you think about the the role of, or even just the use of the word curate now, you know, there are curated menus, there's like curated <laughs> gin tasting, there's, there's the, things, things are curated for us. And I think that that's what is appealing about curating things is that this idea that something has been not not so much produced but put together with us in mind and I think that that is a really interesting I guess way to look at it Mm. or at least maybe if it's not with us in mind it's sort of um with intention yeah with intention and with um with with the set of circumstances in mind so Mm. I think a lot of what curators do is they uh, or at least uh, at least I think this applies to me, but a lot of what curators do is they respond to the now, they respond to the mm. times. And so um, working with artists who are also trying to make sense of those set of circumstances and help that artist or that group of artists think about what kind of project they, they want to produce, what exhibition they want to put on, what suite of exhibitions they want to put on. Mm. So um, there's lots of things. And then I guess, you know, we could also acknowledge that curators as well as doing that stuff, there's also a whole bank of things that go behind what a curator does. And it's not just about putting on exhibitions, but it's, you know, a lot of curators write grant applications mm. or, or just writing in general, writing um, essays or or um, wall text or website copy or sometimes they get involved in the marketing promotion, they organise the freight. They, <laughs> there's, there's basically a curator, especially an independent curator, I think, needs to be someone who's very good at organising things. Mm. Um, and so I know a couple of curators who actually prefer to see themselves as project managers oh, and I right. think that that actually applies. Mm. So it's... I guess, and then all those things can be shaped by what kind of curator you want to be. So, well, that got deep. <laughs> oh yeah, we just like hit the ground running. Yeah, solving the world's problems over here. <laughs> Not bad for uh, what is it a Wednesday? <laughs> oh my gosh, a Wednesday night. Yeah. Hopefully, you have no questions left for me, and I've just answered them all in the one go. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> um, now, I'd like to know about. What kind of curator you are, uh, having led us through that. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, and what, what kind of concerns do you try to respond to in, in your curating? Yeah, I guess um, I guess it, uh, what kind of curator am I? I think that probably varies ever so slightly with project to project, um, as I guess would make sense. Um, but I'm, I, th- I think I'm someone who I, I like to work quite closely with an artist or the artist that I'm working with, I like to, um, I, I guess, sort of get to understand their practice or what it is that they're making, what it is they want to get out of this project, which has presented itself to us, however that's come about, um, how we can potentially, how I can help um, expand their practice if I can help or how I, I can um, facilitate things so that then they can do that themselves. Um, I personally, I'm really driven by, um, themes and ideas that are kind of around, um, the human condition and, and I guess our contemporary existence. So things that help us to, or help, help challenge how we think, um, and kind of explore and question our, 
our, our human experience, our experience of these times, I suppose. But I'm also really interested in the way that, um, well, in just kind of democratising art experiences too. I think I'm quite passionate about that, about um, breaking down some of those barriers to the way that audiences actually engage with artwork. I actually don't come from a particularly artistic family. My, Not to say that my family members aren't creative in their own ways, but then they're not artists at all. Um, they're not curators. So I am very aware of the barriers that are actually there or at least perceived for people to engage deeply and meaningfully with art and I I'm very passionate about um, trying to break down some of those walls where possible mm, that's a hmm. <laughs> you've, you've thrown me with that one sorry that's, mate. Um, yeah no. <laughs> take that yeah. checkmate yeah. <laughs> this is the battle of the steps right now <laughs> i was gonna say step one but then that would be step zero which one <laughs> no that's um yeah those are yeah very noble pursuits How did you find your way to curating? What did you um, did you study? What, how did you get to this point? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, um, I if you had asked me like five, six years ago um, what a curator is, I wouldn't have any idea. So let's put it into context like that. I I'm I'm very green to the curatorial world, very green. Um, but how did I get into it? So um, yeah, after high school, well, well even even before that, I was always involved in the arts, but in like um, more the performing arts. So I, uh, before and after school, I did acting for a long time. Um, and that's kind of the radio, little bit of radio experience. Oh, there it is. Don't talk me up. But I, <laughs> I that's kind of where that comes in. But I did lots of theatre, mostly. Um, and then I, I just, I always loved having that creative outlet, but I thought I had better smarten up and get a real job to support my creative interests how many artists and creatives can (laughs) vouch for doing something similar um but I went off and I studied nutrition and thought that that was fascinating but just not for me and then I traveled around for a bit and I um actually studied and became a Pilates instructor which I still am that's my other side gig but uh, I just kind of thought no I need something else and I I went to AGSA one day, so the Art Gallery of South Australia, and I spoke to some of the volleys there who were just lovely and I said, hey, what kind of jobs can you get in like a gallery, museum, arts industry? And from there I studied a postgraduate diploma of art history at Adelaide Uni and then I went on to do my master's of curatorial and museum studies and I did a bunch of internships um, through various places and I volunteered in a number of roles and because I was studying part-time as well I just honestly I just put my myself into as many situations as I could to kind of understand the breadth of potential roles in the industry and I learned what a curator was but I thought whoa that is so far out of my league (laughs) I just thought no way I would love to be these people when I grow up (laughs) 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 Um, but it wasn't even on my radar and then um, 
I don't know, I just kind of, it, it just kind of, uh, yeah, I just kind of found my way there. I, after, I'm trying to think, after I finished uni, mm. um, I started applying for some jobs and was bouncing back and then I just thought, what have I got to lose? I put my name down in my alumni group, the Art History Curatorship and Alumni Network. We're doing a call out for people who wanted to potentially um, curate an exhibition at Floating Goose Gallery uh, in the city. And I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. And I was really fortunate. And that's kind of how I got into it. And honestly, I think then I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. The penny dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of been fun. Yeah. And which show was that, the one at the Goose? That was Material Connections oh. with Sam Gold and Harriet McKay. You are handing awesome. me a brilliant segue here. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Top notch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that exhibition was also uh, it was registered in Sala twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that one? Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. Um, so a couple of years ago now, but um, so Sam Gold and Harriet McKay, they were and are brilliant artists, um, and they were mates at, at uni. I think they have both had just finished and. I had approached Sam and basically asked um, if she would be interested in doing an exhibition and we just talked about a few ideas and she introduced me to Harriet and we could see some of the common threads between their works and their practices. And so Material Connections was really about um, primarily uh, kind of uh, both of their practices were looking at ideas of of, um, touch largely and kind of uh ideas of crossing particular thresholds and kind of the way that um material in particular can kind of uh what's the word I want to use can kind of portray that I guess portray is not what I want to say but um you know what I'm trying to we say we might be able to sub a different word in later yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a different voice <laughs> nothing sus um no but it so it was sort of largely around these sort of haptic connections and these ideas of how we explore those liminal spaces between um uh, particularly important experiences in our lives and so we had beautiful ceramic works by Sam um, and Harriet McKay was starting to do these drawings on canvas which I believe she's still doing now um, and it was just it was really really cool to be in this group um, to sort of be in this this circle basically of um, intelligent young creative people who um, were all at this emerging just post university part of their career and it was exciting and the show we were very proud but the show was successful and um yeah it's really it was a really special time yeah well evidently that came through to more than just you guys because uh this was I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit the the exhibition was the one that you sort of nominated when you uh applied for the City of Onkaparinga Contemporary Curator Award and, yeah, evidently it was a, a winner with everybody else because, yeah, you were the winning applicant. You were yeah. the curator. Of the, yeah. So that was a bit exciting. That was super That was super exciting and super um, unexpected. It was, it was the inaugural award and I kind of 
through my hat in the ring and because the great thing about, I should say as well, the great thing about the show at Floating Goose Material Connections is that it was a mentored opportunity through Art History Curatorship Alumni Network. So um, I felt supported the whole way through and that was another kind of draw card for me at that time. So then not to say that I was pushed by any stretch, but I had, you know, my the people who were supporting me saying like, you know, why don't you put your name in the ring? You haven't got anything to lose. And then I just kind of saw the amazing exhibitions that were around that year and I thought, no way. But then, um, yeah, I was very, 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 very lucky. Um, and winning the award was just, yeah, super fun. It was um, back when we could have uh, end of sala parties. Oh, I remember and that. <laughs> the dance floor and it was it was great. And the bait fridge had their costumes going. It was just a really cool night. Um, and but that giant trophy that you yes, somehow. Yes, yes. <laughs> Does that so, fit in a standard car? That's a story. <laughs> so um, <laughs> can, I, can I talk about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when Steph came over uh, to my place of residence this evening, um, she she laughed because I've still got the trophy, like an absolute goober. But I love it. It's this big, colourful trophy. It's bigger than me. It's got, um, it's got. Uh, I think the Bait Bridge made it. So yeah. um, for those who are familiar with the Bait Bridge, it's just like colour mishmash of patterns and materials. There's foam, there's sticks, there's strings. I think there's bottle caps hanging from it. Yeah. There's some Arlen Hall patterns it's down the got bottom. everything going it's on. It's real cool. I can understand you couldn't part with that. No, it's but no. It's a sculpture in its own right. It is. Yeah. It is. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that's, um, it's not like sitting in the middle of my lounge room or anything. It's Yet. sort of neat, <laughs> not. <laughs> not tonight um, but it's neatly tucked away in a, in a nice place um, but to answer your question uh, it did fit in a standard car but it required me putting down I just drive a little Mazda what is that that's a Mazda 5 but it's um I, I had to put all the seats down mm. and the things we do yeah. <laughs> the things we do yeah yeah I love it and um, and speaking of, you know, supported opportunities, so then as the winner of that award, you then had another one, another supported opportunity to curate an exhibition at Sal Beer House in the city of Onkaparinga. Yeah. So I guess you were on a roll then. It was great. <laughs> it was really fun. It was, um, it, yeah, it was, so Salby basically uh, supported the next exhibition at uh, at the next sala. Um, mm. So then in 2020, I curated a show called Thingness of Stuff with Arlen Hall. Um, and that was an amazing experience. Their, their gallery is just beautiful. So it's an old homestead pretty much um, converted into a gallery space. And Arlen and I just took over the joint and um, splashed it with colour. And we tried to create a, a feeling of warmth and nostalgia really um the show was kind of so putting it into context of course it was right in the middle of uh well last year's COVID Mm. um so Adelaide had opened back up but um we were still uh very nervous and things were changing all the time and capacities were going up and down and we didn't know if we were going to have an opening and it was all very unsure and uh during that time Arlen and I we because we couldn't really visit each other I couldn't do studio visits in the same way that I might ordinarily so we caught up on zoom I think it was like every fortnight or every week Mm. and we just had these long chats and just laughed and we just kind of we became really good friends out of the experience which is great 
But um, we just kept talking about ideas of home. It just kind of kept coming back to this idea of of home and and what home means in terms of Arlen's artistic practice as well. So for him, home in that sense was drawing. Mm. Um, so we kind of started with with this point of drawing and we expanded from there and then kind of thinking about ideas of home in the context of COVID. You know, we were all homeschooled, isolating at home, working from home, what that meant, what we missed, this idea of kind of almost longing for this lifestyle that we that we no longer were in touch with or like what we had 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 and almost taken for granted mm. up until that point but then also thinking about our childhood homes and we shared lots of memories um kind of just classic you know when you're a kid and you're hitting lemons over the fence with your siblings and that kind of stuff you know everybody does that um and and I I was really proud of us because I think some of those elements really shone through. I, it felt like a really warm um, ex- exhibition. I think that it was really great and it was a real privilege to work with Arlen and to work with um, with, uh, with City of Onkaparinga. The guys at Salvia House were super supportive um, and it was just, it was the bee's knees. It was really cool. It really did. I mean, I've talked about talked to you about that show um off air, if you will, um, and it does sound like there there was a lot of trust there, even to the point where you were naming some of the artwork. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh God, um, yes. Um, and Arlen might have regretted asking me to do that. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> there were um, so on in in Salvia House in the main gallery, I suppose so that we had access to. It's basically an old lounge room and so there's an old mantle sitting mm. there. And we had this fun idea, um, Alan I think actually had the idea to create little trophies. So he's made these colourful styrofoam shapes that are just all quirky and different. And we had been installing late a couple nights in a row. And I think this must have been the night before the opening. And we were there late and <laughs> there's we, no other way. There's no other way. This is when you this is when you come up with the gold, right? Yeah. And so we'd quickly kind of, oh that's right, we haven't we haven't named these. And so Arlen asked for a little bit of help and they were some of them were just awful <laughs> so looking back now it like being tied Steph I would just oh there was um but some of them were just silly so like uh, we had been talking about the Simpsons a lot because again nostalgia, <laughs> nostalgia of yeah. course and there was oh, this is not what listeners want to know but I'm gonna say it anyway there's a bakery just around the corner and I was getting these smoothies around lunchtime and they were so thick they were like purple and like thick squishies and so we named one of the purple trophies mm, that's thick that's good squishy and just so <laughs> End quote. super lame <laughs> but yes it was it was fun brilliant <laughs> and and it I mean it, it I definitely got the sense of fun but they uh the little space that was sort of separate and detached from the main building that had a really uh a really sensitive and and almost quite well, yeah, emotional um, interpretation of that nostalgia. And um, can you talk a little bit more yeah. and, and describe a little bit what that was yeah. like walking into that room? Yeah, happy yeah. to. Um, that was very special. So um, thank you for reminding me about that. So the wash house. So there is just a little. Well, it's an old wash house. It's a little um, small <laughs> building just off the main house, if you will. Um, and uh, Arlen converted that into this um really inviting 
probably the best way I can describe it is glowing. It felt like the room mm. glowed. So um, Arlen created a soundscape and um, hung some jars of water uh, and basically got a light in and we just played with the light. And it was about this idea of, you know, when it, when you sort of think about your home, whether that's your childhood home or your current home or another home, and you get to know that the way that the light sort of moves through your home and there are certain parts of the day where it just feels really just special and so this room became um, almost a um, a nod to a particular time of day in a particular place in Arlen's home I think his family home from memory um, where he would often go and just enjoy a cup of tea because it was just that special kind of light and that special feeling of warmth um, and belonging, I think. And with the soundscape that Arlen made, it was just such a meditative, beautiful space to enter. We had a little hay um, bale set up as well and so you could just sit there and, um, yeah, it was very, very special and, um, yeah, I was was very impressed with Arlen. Um, It was just – it was – yeah, a highlight. Mm, it was a real um, side of his practice that I felt that I was just discovering mm. and um, a real chance to slow down. Yeah, it was, um, especially after I think inside it was very – it had a different tempo. It mm. was it was fun. We had these, um, these uh, paintings and drawings that were portrayed almost like you have the collage posters in your room when you're growing up. It yeah. was very much like that and it was just – it was great, but it was a lot, wasn't mm. it? It was it was a lot of colour, a lot of patterns, a lot happening, a lot of energy. And then we intentionally kind of had this um, opposite, mm. yeah, this counter, if you will, um, that we thought um, helped balance that as well, but still spoke to the same things. Yeah, yeah, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's already a lot of projects, but you've had quite a few since then. <laughs> Do you want to – so after that, after – no, even in between. I, I'm fishing for you to talk about the vending machines. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> Just got no shame now. No, it's fine. It's so fine. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so the vending machine. So, um, well, Art Vending Machines Australia, AVMA, is the thing. Um, and basically, uh, that's right, in 2019, I, I launched the first Adelaide Art Vending Machine um, and that was that was amazing. So to put it into context, what AVMA is, um, is basically it's, uh, it's a vending machine. It's a, it's a recycled Smith's Chips vending machine um, that basically the idea is that an artist comes in um, and takes it over as such so um uses it as a as an alternative display space also has the opportunity to sell artwork for an accessible democratic kind of price point whatever that means that's up to conversation Mm. um but also to respond to um the site that the vending machine is in uh so that's the other part about it is that it's designed to be this pop-up um short-term alternative display space that kind of 
ideally comes into public spaces unexpectedly audiences are kind of like oh there's this thing that's interesting Mm -hmm. they can engage with it and then all of a sudden it's gone and then it takes on another life when the next artist and the next location happens so that's kind of the idea behind it and I guess I should say that where that came from because I did not invent the idea of art and vending machines that was somebody else Um, but uh, when I was studying my master's actually I did an internship I did a couple internships at the art gallery but one I did um, with uh, Erin Davidson who's um, a legend I love her Um, I can confirm yes (laughs) she's great Um, and uh, one of my projects was to one of my outcomes I guess, was to develop a public art project and Erin had seen um, an automat. I'm pretty sure they're called. I'm doubting myself now. But basically that's another style of art vending machines. She had seen one before and she sort of suggested, why don't you look into something like this um, and just kind of just, just see kind of what checks out. And then suddenly I was so interested in it and I was so passionate about it and I thought we could do it this way and have all these things that are different (laughs) and suddenly it was like there's this there's this there's this gap let's do it this could be really cool and I and I put together um, a proposal pretty much and I got to present that to a couple of key people at the art gallery and that was so special um and they were really supportive and um, they uh, mentored me largely in getting the gig off the ground, which was great. So the first Adelaide Art Venue Machine got to um, be hosted by the Art Gallery of South Australia very generously. And it, so it was out in the courtyard near the Radford and it featured work by none other than another amazing human, Carly Snoswell, who's a local um, emerging emerging to establish. She's She's pretty great. Um, Carly Snoswell is her name. Um, And, yeah, and she made these really cool characters basically. So her practice um, uh, responds to fandom largely in a nutshell. Um, And so these particular works were responding to kind of these 90s nostalgic um, video games like Nintendo games and stuff like that. And so she created – um, these wacky kind of characters made of mismatched body parts and then presented it in a lucky dip style so that then you wouldn't know if you were getting a mini character or if you were getting a kit which you could then make your own character so it had this second life where people were making their own characters and sending us photos and it was just wild it was so cool we sold out for the first like every week for the first four or five wow. weeks, I think. And it was there for uh, about three months. So it was very, very special. And we had hoped to have another um, uh, another iteration of the vending machine, but then COVID mm. occurred. So don't worry, the vending machine is coming back. Good. Yes. But, um, yeah, like a few other things, it's just uh, to be honest is I've had to go back to the drawing board a little bit and just make it a little more COVID safe. Mm. So Like just, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's fair enough too because um, because it's about creating an accessible environment so I, I think that people need to feel safe and confident mm. yeah, um, in that experience so um, just simple things like it was it was mostly coin and notes before so mm. um, making it more of like a touch pass thing and yeah mm. yeah 
Ooh, note to keep an eye out. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Future. It's not done. It's not done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of um, my my vending machine baby. Yeah. And there's been many an exhibition. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so then I uh, like 2020 was uh, an exciting. I mean, it was a big year for everybody, right? But it was um, exciting for me in a couple of ways. I also received the um, inaugural Artworks Emerging Curator position. So that was Guildhouse pairing up with the City of Adelaide um, to present uh, a bunch of artist residencies and things. And in that was an Emerging Curator position. So um, I was uh, so chuffed to get that. And that was uh, 12 months it's only just finished officially um but 12 months of mentorship and support uh primarily um from the staff in the Guildhouse office they were sort of my day-to-day um city of adelaide were incredible as well but um i put together three exhibitions at the adelaide town hall during covid during the wildest time yeah, yeah. which was a bit <laughs> a feat so. in itself i think yeah <laughs> it was it was really interesting kind of putting up exhibitions in the civic space whilst civic spaces were kind of that weird not to say that they were being challenged but they weren't what they were you know mm. what I mean they were being um I guess kind of our experience of a civic space was being maybe 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 questioned or challenged yeah. or yeah yeah um so yes that was great so um the first exhibition was um our future in the landscape and that was largely responding to the climate crisis mm. um and uh covid hit pretty much I think about I think about halfway through yeah. so uh we were able to do a few things online and um that was really like great to have that exhibition still going even though people couldn't go into the space and then the second exhibition was you're only human after all and that was really looking at um basically the way that uh, that particularly our experiences uh through COVID and kind of just sort of responding to um, some of our more emotional needs, I guess. Um, and then the last exhibition of which you were in <laughs> um, <laughs> featured uh, two artworks by the very talented Steph Boyle, among other very I might cut that bit well. out. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, spaces. So that was kind of thinking about the way that um, particularly in light of COVID, I guess you could say, but the way that we experience uh, and explore the spaces around us and what are the spaces around us. So um, spiritually, you know, presented in a civic space, of course, but also um, our natural environments, our urban environments, um, also looking at it from a First Nations point of view too. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a really great um, 12 months with, that opportunity and along the way I was also given opportunities to write things and interview people and do other stuff too of course um but it was just it was very very special and I honestly think it's um going to leave a long lasting impression on my practice I think it's really um helped me well that's really significant yeah Yeah. I think so yeah yeah now I'm I'm just uh, wondering how I ask you about the most recent show without <laughs> being awkward because I was in it. <laughs> and I tell you, it's a challenge and I, I haven't figured out how to do it yet, but maybe I maybe you just, just did it. Just throw it over maybe to you. Maybe you just did it, I yeah. think I did, yeah, as <laughs> best I could. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yeah, well, this is the thing, right, is that I think in our, 
industry we've got so many crossovers we've got friends who are colleagues who you work with a few times it's just it's it happens but you're quite right so we um have a show that's technically on now for a few more days approaching midnight which is at felt space um and uh that actually came about in amongst that crazy time for me as well technically so that was an emerging curator um uh opportunity originally for 2020 so we started working on that in 2019 um and then 2020 was 2020 (laughs) and that was a show that got postponed along with lots of other people's um but we were fortunate in that we were able to come back and just have an amended date uh and that meant that we could explore some of our themes and look at things a bit differently but basically approaching midnight features your work and the work of (laughs) Amelia Kosumovic and um, you guys have pretty much responded to ideas of the doomsday clock and um, kind of what that means uh, particularly in consideration of um, the climate crisis and also through the lens of a global pandemic. So thinking about kind of the way that um, our time is going to end at one stage or another and that we're in this really critical point where if we keep going in the trajectory that we are um, without changing some of our behavior that we've missed this sort of pivot point and there unfortunately will be no turning back so um, it does have some dark very real Mm. somber tones but I also think the exhibition has a lot of light and optimism in it and there is quite literally light and shade there's a there's a semi semi intentional some kind of um unintentional something that's kind of been a bit organic has been the color scheme which is this white and black um which is kind of funny when you think about it like that it is with a lot of layers that you could read into oh there's so many layers (laughs) let's say that was intentional yeah Yeah. all right yeah (laughs) yeah intentionally layered um oh i was going to make a really bad pun about oh nothing's black and white (laughs) i'll keep it in yeah i'll allow it (laughs) Yeah, well, it was really heavy, uh, heavy theme. So yeah. maybe we do need a pun to yeah, just lighten, to lighten the, the load. <laughs> yeah, but that was a really, uh, I don't know about you, mate, but um, that's been a really good opportunity, again, to work collaboratively and closely within a tight knit group of, I, I have to say, intelligent, capable, skilled women um, who have brought they're different ideas into the conversation and you know Amelia comes from a more I guess you could say scientifically curious point of view mm-hmm. her practice is inspired um, in a lot of ways from like chemistry and some of those ideas but also she has a real um, uh, she's influenced by philosophy mm-hmm. and then of course there's your practice too which has that it has elements of that scientific kind of element to it but it's also really based in the natural environment too and you have this capacity to have to find um, macroscopic worlds in the microscopic kind of um, subject I guess and I think that it's been really great for me to see as a curator for to see that you guys sort of expanding your practice and responding to each other's practice and to build um, works which are really pertinent in this time I think that that's been very rewarding personally and professionally well I'm gonna slip in and just say that uh yes it's been wonderful to work with you oh (laughs) break character a bit here (laughs) and to um yes I think uh it was great to work with you 
in the artist and curator capacity yeah. and to try some new things. But that does lead me to ask you about, because I haven't, because the show's not quite, it might be finished by the time people listen to this, but um, it's still on for us in this present moment. So I haven't really had a chance to pick your brain about how do you, when you're in that role and, and you're driving a project like that, mm. how do you tread that line or find that balance between the vision that you have for the exhibition and then also the things that might develop organically because of the artist's sort of vision mm. of the project. And how do you how do you tread that line? Or that's a good question. Yeah. Is, th- is it a line? Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's not. Well, well, I think it is. I think there's a line. I I think, um, and other curators may feel differently, and and that's fine. I think um, I think it's it depends again. Not not to sound like it's a cop out, but it it does depend on the project and the people that you're working with, and I guess what they they ultimately need or also expect. I think as a curator, for me, I think that you're ultimately there to help facilitate the artist, right? So if you go in with a, a theme, it's I just don't think it's going to be an authentic outcome if you try and shove an artist's work or an artist's ideas into this box you know it's sort of it has to be organic and that's 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 um group projects isn't it like that's ultimately <laughs> I'm just thinking I had all these memories of when I was at uni or a teenager and working with other people and there's always someone in the group who doesn't want to pull their way <laughs> but that's that's you have to compromise don't you yeah. you have to find strengths and weaknesses and you have to um, meet in between so I think for me how I tread that line um, I I think it's about being transparent and being honest and being open and being as generous as you you can, but also um, trying to uh, help encourage a safe environment where that person can be the same way with you and where it's perfectly safe to say, hey, I know that we were saying this at the beginning, but actually – you know, things have changed because the other thing I guess that's worth noting is that using our exhibition as an example, we started that baby in 2019 and in early 2020, I'm, I'm, I assume you would agree, but if we had presented when we said we would before COVID, it would look and feel totally different to what it does now. There are elements that would be the same, but it, it wouldn't be mm. the same show. And there were things along the way particularly influenced from COVID, where we adapted and evolved in little things like our title changed. Yeah. And at the very beginning, I am not going to say what our old title was because I don't think we need to, <laughs> but at the beginning I was really, um, I, I'll be honest, I was quite attached to some of those ideas. And so I think you kind of have to have that personal um, uh, analysis or criticism and kind of weigh up, okay, well, why? Why am I doing this? What's best for the group? What's best for the artists? You have to put that stuff about you behind. Mm, so there's a huge amount of self-awareness. I, I and, think so. Yeah. yeah, I think you need to. And that, again, the next project, it might not call for that. Mm. Um, but I, I think that you've got to be willing to to not yeah to to kind of not put ego before everything and not to say that you that you think of it as ego but sometimes it can just be that you're so attached to something Mm. that you're you just don't quite 
you're not quite ready to accept that it's just not going to work. Yeah. And it's not the best thing for the group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see you can definitely get attached to the potential that you see in something. Sure. So, yeah, changing directions. Yeah. And those ideas can be useful in other projects and mm. on other things. And I think that, that in the process of going from A to Z, you might – you might kind of zigzag all over the place and that you you don't lose from that you learn a lot from those sorts of experiences um yeah I, does that answer i'm just or did i segue do you want to know what i'm thinking right now i'm like yeah, yeah i bet the yoga comes into this in that <laughs> kind of making peace and breathing it out and uh, moving on well um <laughs> oh, it's, it's actually pilates so. sorry pilates no I'm don't worry don't worry it's a wednesday night people <laughs> everybody honestly everybody does that it's fun um and yoga's great <laughs> i've done yoga so yeah we can say that oh, no, but, um, i'm sure it does i'm sure it does in some abstract kind of Breath way work. is that part of it yeah massively okay. that i'll save myself there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure it does i think um oh yeah i think i think you've just kind of um it's a process, mm. isn't it? The whole mm. thing's a process. You, it's, uh, I've, I've got so far to go with my curatorial career. That's, I'm sure if I listen to this interview in 10 years, I'll be like, oh, Steph, what the heck are you talking about? Um, but I think you've just kind of got to be willing to learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that answers the next question. Of oh, yeah? What advice would you have? Yeah. Oh. I think for, for someone who is interested in pursuing a similar path I think you've probably just nailed that one I reckon well you know I, I I will add that I think that that's really interesting if there's time to add something yeah. um I, I think that that's really interesting because imagine I try and think if I could imagine starting out as a curator in the landscape now I think that that honestly would be really daunting same as an artist I'm sure you would agree the landscape right now is challenging to say the least um but if i could give advice to somebody who was interested in starting out as a curator right now i would say the best thing to do would just be to get into it mm. get into it as deeply as you can i know that might mean volunteering and volunteering you know you're not always paid for what you're doing but even just absorbing that information and getting access to some of those ideas and seeing the way that some of those projects come to fruition, whether that means that you're at a front of house opportunity or you're doing something maybe a little bit more involved. Um, I would say just get into it, get into the arts communities, go to openings. I know that's a cliche, but that's where you see, that's where you see the ideas manifest and that's where you meet the people who mm. manifest those ideas. Yeah. I think that it would just be get in and do the thing, make the projects, <laughs> do, the, do thing. the thing. That's going to be the tagline. All right, <laughs> do, just do the thing. Well, I don't think we can top that advice, so <laughs> I think we'll wrap up now. Uh, thank you so much, Steph, for having me in your home and having You're a great so first name. <laughs> thank you for having a good first name. Um, and before <laughs> we before we go, I will just make uh, the point of of telling everyone that the. Uh, nominations for the City of Onkaparinga Contemporary Curator Award are open at the moment. They close on the 19th of May 2021 and it can be for physical or online exhibitions. Um, so, yeah, there's a week after registrations close for those award nominations just to get them done and get them submitted. So I'm sure Steph will agree that it's a great one to put your I hat in for. I cannot recommend it 
higher. I think it is so great. Put your name down. Yeah. Do it. Do the thing. Do the thing. (laughs) And on that note, we are done. Over and out. (laughs) 